Good morning, everyone. Kind of quiet today, huh? Were you guys standing during the welcome? Yeah, okay, I noticed that. Yeah, like like you just wanted to get on with it, huh? You realize everybody else was sitting down. Okay. Front row people, they don't see what's behind them. So welcome all that are, if you're new here, my name's Tom, and uh, just welcome. And we just are excited that you came to worship with us this morning. And uh, here's, here's what I know. I know that in Warsaw, there's a ton of great churches. There are. They're good churches, and I've, I've, I'm in relationship with some of the pastors. And, and so there's a lot of great places to worship God on a Sunday morning in Warsaw. And we think we're one of them. Um, if we're not one of them, we want to be one of them. So, uh, so we're working towards that. But, but just welcome and, and thanks for coming. If you did not fill out one of those orange cards, if you could fill one of those out, all we're asking for is your name and your phone number or name and email. And that way we could just get in contact with you over the next week or so and ask you some questions. So, um, so yeah, um, kind of a last-minute announcement is that we have, uh, within the vineyard, every two years there's a national conference that takes place. And it's either in Anaheim, California, or in Columbus, Ohio. So two years ago, it was in Columbus, Ohio. This week, the national conference is in Anaheim. So if you're interested in going to Anaheim, you could jump on a plane and fly there and be there by tomorrow about 6 in the afternoon. Or um, if you want to know kind of what the big picture of Vineyard Church nationwide is, because we're just not, you know, we're not Branches Vineyard, our own little entity. We're we're part of a big big family of churches, some 2,000 churches across the United States. You can log on to Vineyard USA's website, and they will, they will stream all the sessions online for free. If you want to just to, you know, listen to some of the sessions, usually there's a session at 9 in the morning and a session at 6 at night, and then there's maybe a noon session. But the 9 and 6 are kind of the big ones. So if you're sitting around and bored or you want to just kind of see what's happening in Anaheim, California, um, you, can, you can go on and check that out, okay? So uh, Joe and I, are, we're actually going to fly out this afternoon, and we'll, we'll be going to it. So... We're kind of excited, so. Anyway, um, boo. Boo, because you guys are going to be here. I might go to the beach. So, yeah, luggage. $25 to carry you on. Okay. So uh, when I was 17 years old, we were part of this church, and we had this youth pastor, and he's a great guy. His name was Willie. And the church sent Willie on a sabbatical. And here's how the sabbatical went. They told Willie, you will go on this sabbatical or you will lose your job. It was a mandatory get out for a few weeks and figure out what's going on in your life. And what had happened with Willie was he had been serving in ministry, working multiple jobs, um, running his life ragged, and he was, he was burning out. If he hadn't already burned out, he was right on that edge of burnout. And marriage was a mess. Life was a mess. You know, Everything looked good on the outside, but on the inside, things were a mess, and his life was crumbling. So the church leadership recognized this, and, and my dad was actually part of that leadership, so I was kind of confirming this story with him yesterday. But they, they sent him away, and they said, you're going to go away. You're going to go up north into Northern California, and, and they sent him to a conference to meet with, with a conference speaker. And something took place in Willie's life during that couple few weeks he was gone, and he came back, and he, had, he was a new man. There was something different about him. And there was what, what I would call a spiritual awakening that took place in this, this, the life of this man. Um, 
as my dad and I were talking about yesterday, my dad's, here's what my dad's comment was. Yeah, when Willie came back, he was pounding nails for Jesus. And basically what that meant was he, there was such an excitement of what took place in his heart and what he was able to release to God and the healing that took place in just a couple of weeks that he came back and he wanted to tell everybody about what had taken place in his life. And this new discovery, almost this secret that had been hidden in his life about who God was to him had been revealed and he wanted to tell people about it. So being, I was in his youth group, I was entering into my senior year in high school. He calls me and said, Tom, I want to talk to you. Can I come pick you up? I said, yes, he came, picked me up. And we went up to, to Campus Crusade for Christ's headquarters in the mountains of Southern California, big, used to be a big, huge hotel mansion place. And Campus Crusade for Christ had their headquarters there. And we went up and we sat by the pool on a, on a, uh, like a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. And he started to explain to me what took place in his life. And he started to talk to me about the Holy Spirit. And for me, this was like one of the first times in my life that I started to understand what is this Holy Spirit? I, I had gone to church since I was probably five or six years old, and, and this was the first time where this ex- explanation of who was the Holy Spirit was starting to be explained to me. And in the course of this conversation, he started to share with me that I could pray, you know, and I was, I was a Christian, I had invited Jesus into my heart, but I could pray and submit my life to the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that sounded really, really weird. And I was like, kind of like, what is this guy talking about? And he sensed my, uh, how uncomfortable I was. And he said, hey, hey, I don't want to pressure you. Um, you can think about it. He said, in fact, I was, you know, sharing this with my wife. His wife's named Jackie. And, and he said, she's really not sure about what this is all about. So she's kind of thinking about it. So if you want to think about it, you can think about it. No, no pressure. But as we talked, and I had football practice to get to, and I knew that I had to, like, kind of get him off my case. I said, yeah, I'll pray and, and invite the Holy Spirit to, to lead my life, to take control of my life. So, so at, the, at the side of the pool there in Campus Crusade, um, I prayed. I you know, said, Holy Spirit, would you come, and I want you to be in control of my life and to lead my life. And, and it took place, and, 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 and then over the course of the years, what happened is I, I started to understand what I had done that day by the pool. In fact, just a, a month or so later, we took a, a two-week mission trip that we did every, every summer. We read a book that I would say is a life-changing book by Bill Bright, the founder of, of Campus Crusade, called The Secret, and it's talking about the secret of the Holy Spirit because a lot of times we don't, we don't understand the Holy Spirit. And so, so here's what we're going to do today. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about the foundational, basics, truths of, of what it is to be a Christian. Just when, if you say you're a Christian, some of the basic truths. And the first week, what we did is we asked this question. Is, we asked, is this what life is all about? Is this really what life is all about? And we looked at the, the life of, of Solomon, and, and, and we talked about and concluded the same thing that Solomon concluded, that to have a fulfilled life, as a Christian, we need to recognize that God is big God. We need to recognize his place in our life, and we need to worship and submit to him. And so we're, we, we discovered that, you know, God is, God is important in our life. Last week, we asked the question, who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus guy? And there was three things that we landed on as foundational truths about the Christian life, and that is Jesus is God. Jesus is God, and Jesus was, is our Savior, Jesus came and, and, and died to save us. He's our Savior. And then Jesus is our Lord. And so we talked about that and just the, 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 the recognition of, of Jesus in our life and that sort of thing. So today we're going to talk about and ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? 
And, and this is a, a topic and a subject that I, I, like, I like to talk about. And I'm not afraid to talk about it, but here's what I recognize. I recognize that in this room, we probably have this broad spectrum of people when it comes to the topic of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I've been in different places to where, in my life, where that day by the pool, the topic of the Holy Spirit was a little bit, like, like foreign to me. My, the churches I had grown up in didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. We talked about God the Father, we talked about God the Son, and we talked about the Holy Bible, but we didn't really talk about Holy Spirit. And, and so for, me, for some, that we keep this topic maybe at arm's different distance because we think, I'm not sh- sure about this Holy Spirit stuff. We think, I've seen some TV stuff take place. It looks weird. I've been in a position or seen something where it looks like it was some misuse and people were calling it the Holy Spirit or maybe even some abuse that people were calling the Holy Spirit. So I just keep this at arm's distance. For, for some, some of us are really comfortable. We've grown up in churches where the Holy Spirit's been talked about. If you hang around the vineyard, we are people of the Holy Spirit. We believe, you know, that the Holy Spirit is alive today and working and, and leading us and guiding us. And so if you've grown up in the vineyard church or, or in some church, you maybe have experienced the Holy Spirit in, in a positive way where you've seen, you've seen God, the Holy Spirit, do a work in your life that you can say, there is something beyond what I, can, what I can explain, and it has to be God. Or, you, or you've seen it, God do the work in somebody else's life, and therefore you, you, you're very comfortable with the topic of the Holy Spirit. And so, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer these questions, and here's what I would, would like to do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the basics, foundations of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a person that, that this is a kind of a, a wall just went up as soon as I said Holy Spirit, here's what I want you to do. I want you to shake it off. I want to ask everybody, depending on, regardless of what end of the spectrum you're at or what, where you're at on the spectrum of the Holy Spirit, that you would take whatever history of the Holy Spirit that you have from yesterday on or from at 9 o'clock this morning on, and you would just set that history aside. And if you're one that's like arm's length Holy Spirit, I'm not sure about this stuff, I'm going to ask that you would just kind of shake it off. And you would say, okay, I'm going to, um, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to just listen and see what God does. Okay. And if you're a person that, that you've got your theology with the Holy Spirit locked down, you're very comfortable, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask that you would put that aside for the next 15 minutes because here's, here's what I, I think might happen for, for if, you're, if you fit into that category is as I talk, you may find yourself building, building um, a, a, a structure of the Holy Spirit in your head that's greater than what I'm talking about. And, and what I mean by that is, we're just laying a foundation of the Holy Spirit today. We're not actually building a structure. So we're not building a structure on the theology of the Holy Spirit. We're laying a foundation of simply who is the Holy Spirit. Okay? So would you guys be willing to do that with me? And, and, and here's what we're going to do. There four points. I'm going to run through the first three points, blitz through them, because I think they're pretty basic. Um, and for most of us, it's just going to be, yeah, reminders. But then we're going to hang out on point four. So I'm going to kind of blitz through the first four points. So when I get through point three and you think, man, Tom's quick. We're about done. Get ready because we're going to try and dig in a little bit. Okay, that's your warning. Here's the first foundational truth about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Anybody shocked by that? Anybody shocked that the Holy Spirit is God? That, that the, the idea of the Holy Spirit isn't this new phenomenon that just erupted in the past hundred years of, of, in America. But sometimes we think that, right? Because the church I grew up in never talked about the Holy Spirit. It was like, didn't exist. 
And then I went to churches where it was like the latest and great, Holy Spirit was the latest and greatest thing. And so it was all this activity that everything was based around this movement or this experience of the Holy Spirit. And so we think, wow, this is, this is a, a new, exciting thing. But the, the fact is the Holy Spirit has been around a long time. The Holy Spirit's actually been around since eternity. Eternity passed. There's always been the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Spirit was there at creation. So if you open your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, the very first verse of the, the entire Bible, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, God Spirit was hovering over. I, I get this picture of this, of this mama bird hovering over its nest that it's building and creating. And this is the Holy Spirit hovering over these waters ready to create the earth, man, woman. So when, so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the third person of what we call, what we, talk, we, what we say is the Trinity, and that's a simple, simple foundational truth. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay, so that's point one. Point two, the Holy Spirit is God with us. Have you ever read in the Bible and you wondered how people would even question that Jesus was God? Do you read that? Like we read in this and we go, you guys are idiots. Why did you question him? He was God. He was the Messiah. Because we could read and see the end of the story and and our, 20, our, our hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I often think, man, if I lived in biblical New Testament Jesus times, I'd be walking side by side with God on the front lines with Jesus and doing the work with him and saying, come on, let's keep going. And we, and we wonder, you know, why do these people miss God so much? And I think, how awesome would it be to have been walking with God? How awesome would it be to have God with me, Jesus, every single day? But here's the truth. The Holy Spirit is with us every single day. When Jesus finished his ministry here on earth, when he had risen from the dead, when he had spent some time, he says to his disciples, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or another, another person that fights for you who will never leave you. And he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in, in you. So, so Jesus, Jesus, as he's leaving, he, he, the replacement of God comes in as the Holy Spirit for us today. Here's how I look at it, because I'm really simple. I look at it and I say, in my Bible, we have the Old Testament, which is like half the Bible. Just cut the Bible in half. It's the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, these people had God. And I, I think of it, God the Father. And so, so you had God, and, and God, you know, you know talked with his people and, and dealt with his people. When I look at the New Testament, I see these people had Jesus, right? These people had Jesus for a number of years, and they got to see and experience God in the form of the Son, Jesus. But when I look at it with us, we have the Holy Spirit. So we, God has never left his people. He's always been with his people, and we have God in the form of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have it greater, right? Because in the Old Testament, God would show up on the scenes in a cloud or a pillar, or he would speak to his prophets, and his prophets would then go deliver messages. So, so it was kind of this come and go. With Jesus, you know, he was, he was a, a God in a man's body, so he was only going one place, and people would have to either follow him around to experience what he was doing, 
Or they would, they would have to seek him out and say, hey, can you come and take care of business for us? So you remember there was a story of this Roman officer who his, 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 a slave he had that was really precious to him had fallen sick. So he sent some, some Jewish leaders and said, go find Jesus. Ask him to come and, and heal, heal this guy. They had to go and search. But for us, we have the Holy Spirit and he's, and he's everywhere. And he's not just everywhere, but the third point is that the Holy Spirit is God in us. So we have God, Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God with us. And then the third point is the Holy Spirit is God in us. And listen to what Paul wrote in Corinthians. He said this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The words I want to kind of focus in on this is that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Here's what I think Paul was, was saying when he was writing to the church in Corinth. I think Paul, being a Jewish guy, was remembering back to what we can see in the Old Testament to, to the temple of God. And in the temple of God, you had different sections. And in the very center section, you had what's called the Holy of Holies. You remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the... The, the Ark of the Covenant was in there. And once a year, during the, the Day of Atonement, Jack, am I correct so far? Okay, I got my theologian sitting there to tell me if I hit something wrong. But during the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go in and enter into the Holy of Holies where he would, he would offer blood sacrifices of a, of a killed animal for his sins and for the sins of all of God's people. You guys, you guys remember this, right? And, and it would, God resided in the temple. That was where God was. We went to see God. And what Paul's telling the church of Corinth is, you now are the temple. God now resides in you. So where you go, God goes. Get that? So, so, so those, those are simple three points. The Holy Spirit is God. We don't have to be afraid of that, do we? We don't have to be concerned about that when somebody talks about the Holy Spirit. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're just talking about God. We're talking about God with us. And then we're talking about God in us. When we invite Jesus into our hearts, when we say yes to Jesus and and receive that gift of his sacrifice on the cross, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And that's what takes place. So that might seem remedial to us. We might say, yeah, okay, Tom, we get that. That's very foundational. But but here's here's kind of the nuts and bolts part of the message that, that is the application that we need to hone in on, okay? And that's that the Holy Spirit in us equips us. Read with me in in Galatians chapter 5. This is kind of lengthy, so just hang with me, and it should be up here, okay? It says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Hold it there, Morgan. Go back one, one slide real quick. I, I just want to explain that. When, we, when, when we're born, we're born as natural people. We're born into this, to this world, and there's sin in our life because we're born at this point in the image of Adam who sinned. And we have sin in our life, and, and it's there. When we come to Christ and we say yes to Jesus... The Holy Spirit comes and lives with us, in us. So the Spirit of God is now in us. The flesh, or our self, is still hanging out. Do you guys get what this is saying here? And they're at war with each other. 
The spirit and our flesh are fighting to, to, to vie for attention, to vie for control of our life, to vie for our decision-making. And so, and so this fighting happens, and it says here that we have good intentions, but because of our sinful nature in us, we don't always do our, our good intentions because our sinful nature takes over, and then we, we do the things of the flesh or of, of self. Now, we'll experience at the, at the resurrection when Christ comes, we'll experience the kicking out of the self, and we'll, we'll see the fullness of, of God revealed in us and his kingdom come in us. But until then... There's this tension. There's this battle going on. So it's kind of, you, know, you ever seen the picture of the, like the, the angel and the devil, and they're like, do this, don't do that, do this. It's kind of really simple like that. That's, how I, that's again, how I look at it. Okay, so, so that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, you have this tension in you. He's, he's helping us understand that we want to do good things, but, but our fle- flesh tells us to do other things, and we fight back and forth beside, beside, beside by, cho- what's the word I'm trying to say? We fight back and forth in trying to, to do right because our flesh is telling us to do wrong. And here's what happens. When you are directed by the Spirit, you are no longer under the obligation of the law of Moses. But when you follow the desires of your sinful natures, the results are very clear. There's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. You can kind of check these off and see if these are, are um, part of your life. You can be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell us. But So let's start again. Sexual immorality. Impurities, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Those ones are more quarreling. That kind of falls close to home. Jealousy, outbursts of anger. How about selfish ambitions, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these? And Paul says, let me tell you again that I, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, but... The Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sin nature to the cross and crucified them. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. So, so, so the, here's how the Holy Spirit equips us. The Holy Spirit living in us and guiding us equips us to overcome sin. Did you catch the very first part of the scripture? It says, so I say let. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your life. What does that say to me? That says to me that I actually have a choice. I, I, it's not that it's this, this takeover of the Holy Spirit and I'm just this, this, this dummy walking around that's controlled. I have this choice to, to say I would need to let the Holy Spirit guide my life. And when we say yes to the Holy Spirit guiding our lives, then we have the power to overcome the, the sinful nature that's at, at, at battle with that. When we move from our sensual desires and go into what we start moving from our, our, our sinful nature, our selfish desires, and move into the desires of God. I just needed to make sure I covered everything there. So the Holy Spirit equips us to overcome sin. The Holy Spirit equips us to bear fruit. When we let the Holy Spirit guide us, we will bear his fruit. And we can use these, and here's what we can do. You, you, can, you can look at your life. We've read the fruit of the sinful nature. We've read the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you could just honestly say, which one is evident in my life? And that will tell you 
Who's in control of your life? Are you selfishly controlling your life? Are you doing your own thing? Are you living like somebody that doesn't, never even said yes to Jesus? Or is there fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness evident in your life? And, and that's, that's evident of the Holy Spirit controlling your life. So you see that in verse 19 and 20. It lists all the, the, the fruit of, of selfishness of, of, the, of our natural person. And we see it in verse 22 and 23, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, so that's the point of evaluation. What, what kind of fruit are you bearing? And if the Holy Spirit's in you and the Holy Spirit's guiding you, then you're bearing fruit of the Spirit. Here's a third part, point of the Holy Spirit equipping us. He equips us to live for God. And we see this in verse 25. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part, in every part of our life. And so when the Holy Spirit is in control and guiding us, we're living for God. We're doing the things that God would have us to do. So here's what I'd ask you. If I was asking you, who is the Holy Spirit? You don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be confused. The simple foundational answer is the Holy Spirit's God. But the Holy Spirit's God with us. And because I'm a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is God in me. And I can let him control my life. Let me explain it through this. Maybe you've seen these circles before. Check these circles out. So the, so the, the circle on the left is the natural, the natural person. And here's how it goes. You see the chair? That, that represents the throne of our heart, the, the, of our holy of holies, of, of the inner sanctuary of our life. The chair is, is the throne. Who's on the throne? And in, this, in the natural person's life itself. And Jesus, the God, is outside the life of the person. The white circle is the life of the person. And so you, you have this natural person. This is how we were all born. And... We're born with God outside of our life. And the little dots are kind of our interests and our, what, we, what we say are important to our life. And they're just kind of all over the place in our life. And we do what we want to do and how we want to do it. The, the far right person is a person who has said yes to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want you in my life. But not only that, they've said yes to the Holy Spirit in control of their life. And they're saying, Holy Spirit, I want you in control of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be on the throne of my life. And so you have gotten off the throne of your life. You've allowed God to be on the throne of your life. And your interests are lined up with God's desires for you. Do you see that? Now, here's the middle person. And Paul talks about this. It's the carnal Christian. It's the person who says, God, I want you in my life, but I want to continue to do everything that I want to do. And so, God, give me salvation. I want to go to heaven when I die, but until then, it's mine. And don't we live like that sometimes? Don't we say, oh, just this once, I'm going to do my own thing, or always we're going to do our own things? But here, look at the results. We're on the throne. God's still in our life. But our interests and, and the things that are important in our life look a lot like a natural person, doesn't it? And that's what Paul's writing. You're going to look like a natural person. The, the fruit of your life are going to, is going to be the same fruit as a natural person. The lust, the immorality, the, the selfish ambitions, the, the jealousy, the, the strife, the bickering. The, the, what's the good one that we deal with a lot? Gossip. That's the one. Gossip. Those are, those are fruit of the world. And we, we're okay with those. And how many times do we fall into this life of being a carnal Christian and we, we just say, God, you're, thank you for salvation, but I'm going to do my own thing for a while. But Paul's saying, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And this is the kind of life you would have as a Holy Spirit guide your life. Now, as, a, as just kind of a point of application, here's how that happens. How that happens is 
You, you evaluate the fruit of your life, and you let the Holy Spirit guide you. And how you let the Holy Spirit guide you is you simply say, I don't want the fruit of, in my life to be the fruit of, of selfish nature. Holy Spirit, would you come and take control of my life? I am giving you the throne of my life. You are, I'm making you Lord of my life. And, and you know, salvation, we, we pray a prayer and we say, God, you're, I want you in my life. I recognize who you are, that you died on the cross for me and that you're offering me this relationship back restored because of your, your death and resurrection on the cross. And we do that and great. With this, this is something that we might have to do every single day. For some of us, we may have to do it every hour. I've probably had to do it three times since I've been standing up here. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, take control. I, I know that, I know that I'm, I'm running my own show, but I want you to take control of my life. And, we, and, and it's just a constant communication with God of saying, I want you in control of my life. I want you in control of my life. I want you in control of my life. I release my life to you. I'm the temple of where you reside. I want to live for you. Does that make sense? Thank you, Judy. Judy gets it. <laughs> I love this message. I love it because, because we, we will tend to, it's, again, a conversation I had with my dad. I had a great conversation with my dad yesterday. It was like two hours long. It's easy to become religious. And that's what Paul's writing. He's saying, when we're religious, we just have to follow a bunch of rules, kind of like what the people in the Old Testament had to do. They didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we had it, so they followed the rules. Here's Ten Commandments. Keep them. You're not going to be able to keep them. It's going to show that you're, you're in sin, but try and keep them. And we follow rules. And it's easy to be religious because we could just say, hey, guys, let's just be religious, and we'll think we're doing good. So every week, bring 10% of your money in, dump it in a bucket. Then the church's finances will be okay. So everybody bring your 10%. Make sure you get up every morning and pray for two hours and read your Bible because you have to do that as a religious person. Say amen and praise the Lord 50 times during the week. Don't cuss, don't drink, don't look at, you know, you know, the girl jogging or whatever. Don't, you know, all the things we do, right? I saw you smile. All the things you do. Um, and we just line up the rules and we think everything's wonderful. But with this passage, if you go back and read this passage, what Paul's saying is, no. There's freedom in Christ. We have freedom to live a life of freedom on this world. And we could do away with all the rules. We could do away with everything that, that, that man's told us we have to do. Just let the Holy Spirit guide you. And you'll find the freedom that you want. Even though you think that you're having to give up and, and give up things, you're going to find that it's freedom. It's, it's the opposite of what we think. And that's why I get excited. That, that was me preaching right there. That's about as, you guys have heard it. That's about as excited as I get. Why don't you stand with me? Here's, here's what happens. In a message, hopefully in any message, but in a message like today, I, I, I hope we've prayed about it during this morning's, um, b- before the, the service, that, that God would be speaking to people and people would be recognizing, yes, yes, there needs to be adjustment. Yes, I'm taking control of my life. Yes, I need to give my life to Jesus. And because we recognize and we hope that that's what takes place, through a message and through worship and through the experience of what we've had over the past hour or so, we recognize that we need to leave space for people to be able to come and, and talk to God. We need to leave space for people to come and say, I, I need somebody to pray for me because I just don't quite get it. Or I, I, I need somebody to walk through me. Or I just want, I want somebody to be there while I pray. And then we also recognize that we've all walked in here with a lot of mud and dirt of the world on us. 
And, and, and we go out and we'll get beat up and we come back to worship and we come back a little bit bruised and bumped and beat up. And so that, can, that could be in the form of, of just emotional stress or, or physical stress or tiredness or, or sickness or, or, or something taking place in our life, financial problems. And so we just believe that we always should leave room to allow people to, to receive from God. So, so the, here's what's going to happen over the next few minutes. Um, just if you're new here, this is what we, we call ministry time is we're going to finish with a, with a, a song of worship. And during the, as that song starts to wrap up, you'll see some people walk up front here. And these are people that are, are equipped, have, have gone through training, and who, who love to pray and love people. And so these people will be up here. As that song's wrapping up or at any time, you can come up, up front and just walk up to one of these people, and they'll greet you, and they'll just pray with you. And so if there's something in your life that you just need God to intervene with or you want to hand over to God or you want to just pray for encouragement on something physical, some need in your life, we always want to make this space available for you to come and get prayed for. So, so that's what's going to happen as we wrap up the service. If when service is done, the song's finished, if you're, if you're, you're like ready to roll, um, you can go ahead and head out the back doors. We'll leave this space for just people that want to sit and continue to worship. The band will continue to play a little bit. Or if you want to get prayed for, that's what this space will be for, okay? So, so let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap up with, with worship. So Jesus, I, I'm just excited that we, we have you as God in us. And we don't have to go seeking or searching, but you, you reside in us as, because we've said yes to you as our Savior. Lord, I, I pray that for anybody who this has been a, a wall or, or a point of, of confusion, that there's just been some simple clarity, that this is just a foundational truth that you, that you bring to the table as we, as we engage in relationship with you. And so, God, as, as over the next song and, and, and during this last few moments, would you just be um, encouraging people to, to make a commitment in their hearts to daily be giving you control giving you lordship of our life, of their life, Lord. And, and as we recognize that we've taken back that throne, that seat, God, would you just give us a little conviction so we can simply just make that, that simple adjustment and, and, and that prayer to say, say, take control. So God, during this next moments, we just pray that you would join us, that you'd be here working in the hearts. God, bring your healing, bring your peace, bring your comfort to those that, that need it, Lord. And, and we just will follow with what you're doing. So we love you in Jesus' name, amen.